boxing, running every day, running six miles a day was rebuilding myself from the inside out. Yeah. I never sat there and I was like, fuck, I lost. Like, it's over for me. I was like, this loss is going to take me to where I need to go in life. It built me up to the person I now am today. It helped me build myself. So I'm going to take that and run with it. Yeah, welcome back. No Fox Given episode 28, I believe. In order of posting, we might be a little out of line right there, but I'm pretty sure this is episode 28. We have a YouTube legend. Uh, you know, you've known him probably for making some prank styled videos back in the day. He actually creates music as well. You're about to be a published author. Yeah. You've done a lot of things, man. Uh, Fousey, Fousey Tube, ladies and gentlemen. I don't think I need to intro him. That kind of feels weird to even have to explain. Yesterday, when I was on Keem's podcast, and he said Fousey Tube. I gave him a huge lecture how the tube is gone. Tube's gone? Gone, But bro. you're going with Dana Tube, though, so Tube's not That's gone. just a joke. Uh, like, you know, like Dana Tube. It just worked. But Fousey Tube, hell no. Hell no, that's out? Hell no. Okay, so this is Fousey. Yes. He's back, formerly known as Fousey Tube. Man, uh, this guy, I don't even think you know the impact you've had on social media as a generation. Oh, wow. Me? Him? Oh, like, yes. That was like... The videos, all my four, like back when YouTube just started, that's all you saw was your yours and Vitaly's videos. Wow. No, like you, you and Roman's tour, bro, like that was like, that was a huge moment in my yeah. childhood, bro. Like yeah, you don't even realize. And then I come to be like a, a YouTuber myself. Yeah, a YouTube we're doing legend. Videos, we're doing YouTube videos together and shit. No, but this, this episode's going to be cool. Uh, just a small background, just to give people an idea, a little bit like a brief about you. Like where, where are you from? What's your age? You know, your background, just a general idea. Oh, we starting with the basics? Just really quick. I know we don't need to, but just start. Right, I'll set up my dating profile right now because I recently got banned on Hinge. Wait. I'm so pissed. What'd you do, man? I think somebody <laughs> flagged me as being a catfish. Like, oh, this guy's pretending to be a social media influencer. Uh-huh. So uh, then they banned me. And I've been trying to appeal and be like, this is me. Here's my license. Hinge was so good for me this year. Because I'm single. I ain't going to lie. What about Araya? Oh, I've never got accepted into Araya. Me neither, bro. But I don't want to be on there anyways. I don't want to be on a platform where it's like people with like millions of followers. And it's like, what's your bank account like? What's this? What's that? Like, I'm not going to go against the Ben Affleck. On Hinge, I actually have like a, they see my thing and they're like, this guy is special. So is Tinder out? Oh, Tinder sucks. Really? Yeah, Tinder's trash. Deleted that ASAP. Wait, what's your problem with Tinder? Tinder's like not the wave. Tinder I used that was the one. No, 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 no. Tinder used to be a a hookup app. Like if you want to hook up, you go on Tinder, and it had its run for a little bit. But now it's just like a garbage can. It's like really? bots, fake profiles, people who aren't even about it. It's like it's just trash. It's like I would not go there. Hinge, you have high quality profiles, real people wanting to meet real people, and it's like. Like, you can make actual connections. I've made actual friends off Hinge. Friends. And you got that shit banned? Yeah, I need it back, man. It's so sad. Because every night, if I was of lonely... I but what about on. the Instagram DMs? That still is a thing. No. And you know, that's the thing. That's the thing. thing? That's the thing I've always been pissed about. Wait, why not? Wait, I feel like the DM slide is, like, key in that's like I think that's, like, the number one place. Okay, one, every single DM of a girl that I've slid in on Instagram... Don't work. I get curved. Well, what's your what's your spit you gotta, game? What's like your... I've tried Jasmine Ray. Oh my god, I'm in love with her. She's in Florida <laughs> right now. Oh, recently with Aiden Ross. What was that? Uh, that adult star's name? Uh, Emily Willis. Yes. I slid into her DMs. What happened? With a genius thing. What? Let's hear it. I'll be the judge. 
Yes. Just yes? Yes. Okay, maybe, maybe. She replied. <laughs> oh, all right, all right. And she said, ha, 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 what are you saying yes to? You, baby girl. There were so many options I could have went with, and then I just went back with, um, I can't come up with something witty enough right now. When I do, I'll get back to you. She didn't open that one. What I wanted to say was, I looked at your profile, and everything about you was a yes. But I didn't say that because a friend talked me out of it. The couple words of the DM. I know. No, no, they don't show it anymore. Now it just says sent or received. You don't see uh, like what the message says. Anyways, my DMs that I get are dry Instagram DMs. I know all my friends and whatever. Oh, I got this girl from IG, IG, IG. I've never one time an ex IG. Other than that, IG is not the place. Hinge is the place, and I need to be unbanned. Hashtag unban Fusi right now. Get it going. Get the hashtag going. No fuck. Yeah, that thing better go be going viral on Twitter right now. <laughs> See, it's funny that that's the most pressing matter I wanted to talk about being on this podcast. <laughs> no, it's not, bro. Speaking of which, Fusi just launched his re-up club, which is, that's a huge fucking thing, bro. You literally launched that three hours ago. I did. I did. How's that? How's that launch feel? Is that like, you a- know what? It's good because like, I'm not going to sit here and talk about my past, which I did on yesterday's podcast that I was on. And I don't want to, I want to talk about my present. I've worked hard to get back to where I'm at today. Right. Like the last, some people have probably seen of me is when I was cuckoo and I've worked a lot and hard for years to get to the position I'm at today with my new channel. There Fousey are some channel. things with that we want to talk about. Yeah, for sure. with my new Fousey channel and everything going. And now I just launched my own club for like my own fan base of people and supporters. It feels great that I'm just like, you saw my car, it says re-up on mm-hmm. it. The first song I released this year, my final video on my Tube 10 million subscriber channel is called re-up. Basically saying, no matter how low you go, no matter how bad you fall, no matter what happens in your life, you always have a chance to re-up and do things better than yeah. you did before. And that's what I'm trying to prove to people this year. You've done a great job rebranding. Uh, no, I think you were the king of that. So when you first did that uh, staying at people YouTubers' houses, yes. like before I, like it was like you kind of fell off, and well, at least in, from a viewer's uh-huh. point, and then you brought yourself back with this new content of staying at YouTubers' houses. And then it escalates yeah, from there. captivating audiences with that. You've done it multiple times. I slept at your house. I know. That was like when we first became friends. Yeah, that was fun. That was a huge moment, That was fun. What's your like marketing head going through that? You're the king, bro. You've actually been a huge inspiration to me and I bet a lot of other YouTubers of like the idea because a lot of YouTubers stress like if I don't take a... if, take, if I don't take like the time to make use of this opportunity right now yeah. with my YouTube, yeah. it could be gone. Yeah. You really have inspired me to know that like that's almost like a myth. Like you yes. are the king of... A funny, a funny story about that. First of all, I, I very, I'm very appreciative of you guys acknowledging that. Yeah. And secondly, I remember it was my first year on YouTube, probably first six months. I hit up Timothy De La Ghetto, who was like the king of YouTube at the time. Right. Back in the day, like 2012. 2011. 2011. And I was like, yo, bro, what do you do when you need a break? Because I already needed to take a break. And he was like, oh, you can't. They'll forget about you. The second he said that, I was like, I'm not going to conform to that rule. And I had already made it a thing early on in my career. If I need to take a month break, a two month break, whatever, I'm going to do it. Like I had to take a break to graduate from college and then came back right at it. The one thing about myself that I've always given myself credit for is I can always bounce back. I could always do it again. No matter what people say, my storyline, my legacy is not defined by a person's comment saying irrelevant. We forgot about you because what is relevancy? What is clout? I don't even want to get into that conversation, but I've always believed in if like if you've done it once, you can do it again. And I've always known how to rebrand and rebuild. I've done it time and time again. The problem with me 
Whereas I look up to somebody like you is, for example, I've taken five channels to a million subscribers, done it, and then left those channels. Like yeah. I just ditched my 10 million, 10 million one, ditched, million. Ditched, my, ditched my 3 million one, ditched my 1 million one, started brand new from scratch. I'm at 140,000 subscribers right now. The one thing I've never known how to do is to take that, what you have that's working, and turn it into a business, turn it into a brand. Turned it into something bigger than just YouTube subscribers, CPM, AdSense, multiple streams of revenue. That's something I've always looked up to you as because when I was talking to you, I think when we were doing that series, you were like, oh, yeah, I'm making money from A, B, C, D, E, F, G. So if YouTube fails, I'm good because I have all this. Whereas somebody like me, 11 years in the game, I'm still in the position of if YouTube fails, what do I have? Yeah, yeah. And I'm starting to work on that, launching the club. Right. If YouTube were to fail, I'll now have my club. My book comes out this year. I want to be a motivational speaking author on the – and people hear that and they're like, how are you going to be a motivational speaker? You're the like, uh, you're the craziest, most depressed person. That's anything, the whole point. The point That's, yeah. I've been the, through it. Yeah. I've been through the mud. I was at ground zero. I was broken and I rebuilt myself. And that's the story I want to tell people because I know when people read this book about my addiction, my rise and fall through fame and everything, and I bet you had that on the list to talk about and I'm already talking about it, they're going to relate. Yes, of course. Yeah. And everyone loves to see a, a comeback story. And I think you are the king of that. Uh, what comes into like your strategies with rebranding? Is it like yeah, yeah? Like, I'm curious on that too, honestly, because like, dude, seriously, you do a great job at it. Every so, time you just captivate. I f- I feel like speaking from my perspective, because as a viewer and he's a viewer as well. Yes, mm. like like you said, you'll kind of take your breaks. Yeah, you focus on your mental health, whatever it is, and then you come back. But it's not just like, yo, vlog. I'm back. We're gonna go to the beach today. Yeah, normal vlog. You're like, yo, I'm back. This is my shtick. Yeah. So it, it it's funny how it happens. So. When I first came back, I did a boxing match against Slim in 2019. That was another one. That was another huge one. That was my first thing. And I I ran into the – I did the whole boxing thing. Once that fell or I lost, it was like, what's next? Because I can't box another opponent. My nose was broken two times. I came up with YouTube cribs. I try to think of things that haven't been done or reinvent something that has been done but for YouTube. So MTV cribs, I reinvented it for YouTube. Right. Yeah, that was also another captivating, captivating series. And I did. Did I? I we did one here. Yeah. 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 Man, you always support me. So the first episode was with Logan. Then I did like Lance Stewart. Then it had Tanner Fox and Alex Wasabi. Problem with that, I couldn't find enough YouTubers because of where my. What people looked at me as, it still was like I was a little taboo. So people didn't really want to work with me, didn't want me into their homes, whatever, whatever. I wasn't clouded. I couldn't get enough people to say yes. So I had to drop that. Mm-hmm. Moved in back with my parents. I started drop shipping businesses because um, I was like, I'm done with YouTube. It's done for me. Uh, but all three businesses failed. So I was like, let me try again on YouTube. So all 2020, I was just posting stuff on my FusiTube channel, but nothing was sticking. Mm-hmm. I didn't have a, an idea. So I started doing Twitch. I just I, I look like the, the the important thing when you're down and don't know what to do, you have to do something. You have to reach out. You, get you just have to work and then it's going to happen. So long story short, Twitch failed because I was drinking and smoking every night on Twitch and I was a bad image of myself and somebody I didn't want to be. Finally, I was like, screw it. Started writing my book. 2021, 2020 ended. 2021 came. I said, this is my plan. I launched a brand new channel called Fusi. And I was like, it's just going to be me and the most authentic, most most authentic <laughs> version of myself possible. 
screw the people who followed me for the last 10 years. I garnered so much haters. I don't want their attention. I'd rather the people who want to follow me, follow me now, gave them that opportunity. And I started working on that. I also started a podcast, but I don't think I that has that. life to it anymore. Long story. And I started an Arabic channel. I don't think that has life to it anymore. But here's why I'm saying all this. There was one week where I, I like Fusi wasn't really going anywhere. I was getting like 30,000 views. It wasn't really working. And I remember I showed up to a shoot with my friends and they didn't show up. I was so upset that I looked at my videographer and I said, you know what? This week, let's focus just on Fusi. And I literally said this. I said, let's post every single day this week and just record. And I guarantee you the universe is going to see what we're trying to do and a door is going to open. Mm. On the fifth day of doing that, literally, I pull up to a location. I run into Stromedy. The Stromedy thing turns into me getting him to fight Bryce. Right. The Bryce thing happens. Dana Tube becomes a thing. And now here I am in my new shtick of being the behind the scenes of everything boxing. Which I'm loving, bro. You see what yes. I'm saying? Because like, like, I'm loving it. Yeah. No one else is doing it. You're it just the- happened. Okay. Just by working, the door opened. I found it. And I was like, that's what it is. And I'm going to run with it. Yep. Regardless of what people say, it's like when you're a hustler, it's by any means possible. Right. Especially when you've been in the game 11 years. Like you said, I can't just pull out the camera and think I'm relevant enough to be like, hey, guys, today we're going to the beach. I don't care about that. But a lot of people in our position are like that and they just think yeah you know i mean that's normal for for me to think oh people still care but you you go the extra mile to like i'm very after my downfall i'm very self-aware yeah the ego was gone i got humbled out of life like you know i was at a position where i i almost had to sell my parents house in new jersey i was driving a toyota chr after owning two ferraris and a range rover svr i had nothing left to my name i was the most hated person on the internet so it's like i can't lie to myself and be like oh i'm still popping just because somebody on the street wants a picture I was self-aware enough yeah. to know, like, I need to do more. Right. And the beautiful thing about what I'm doing now is through the rebrand, like, I've told everybody, this year is not the year to make money for me. It's just to rebrand my right. image, to show people who I am now. And the fact that people, like, if you go read my comments on the new channel, holy shit, this guy used to be a clown to me. I love him now. Yeah. I like this guy. I fuck with this guy. Like, and it's just, it's different. And that's all I wanted. That's yeah. all I wanted. I don't think people hated you to an extent. I oh. think it was just more just like no. it was, people like to watch a dumpster fire. And that's what it kind of felt like yeah. from bro, the outside bro, in. Bro, 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 I, But I really don't think – I think a lot of people Because like when I was watching it, it's not like I was like, oh, F Fousey tube. It was like this guy is doing something crazy right now and I just want to watch it whether of course, it's good it's entertaining. or bad. I would have watched it too. I would have loved it. But I promise you – there were there are people and people who still to this day have genuine, genuine, genuine hate and distaste for me. It, why, wait, but why? I don't understand. Because it's not like you said anything wrong. It's not like you said anything yeah, bad. Do you think that or does like I talk about it in my book and it's just and I really dive into it. Um, I feel like I've I've just been misunderstood for a lot of years. And also the problem is I think that too. For years I played a persona. So if I'm doing a fake prank, right, when I used to fake pranks, I'm doing something douchey on the streets. Like, let's say I'm grabbing a guy's piece of pizza and eating it. So somebody can look at that and be like, oh, this guy's a piece of shit. Why would you do that to his food? Real life, Yusuf, would never in his fucking life do that. Yeah, yeah of course. Even the persona, Yusuf, wouldn't do that. But, it's but he goes up to the guy, hey, yo, they don't know that, though. I'm about to eat your pizza. You punch me, do a fake punch, da-da-da. So it's acting. Right. 
The division between the real life and the persona just got misconstrued. So people don't know me in a way like you know me, where you right. hung out with me on right. a personal level. They just go with what they see. That makes sense. The documentaries that have made on that have been made on me and like my public downfalls. Right. So that's why finally on this Fusi channel and on the club, I'm finally showing people me. Yeah, just you. No wow. more persona. Uh, yeah, and I think people are starting to like that. Like, I love it. I'm a fan of the channel. Yeah, thank uh, you. It's doing great. It's weird. So many people, like, I wouldn't expect it. Like, even Banks yesterday, he was like, yeah, bro, I've been watching all your boxing shit. And I'm yeah. like, what? Like, so, y'all know what I'm doing? In conclusion from our question of, like, how do you how are you so good with rebranding? Uh -huh. I think it's it comes down to you trying as many things as you can and grinding and people don't see that side of it oh yeah and we don't see the side of like oh your twitch failed that's why you stopped it oh this mm -hmm. youtube channel didn't work that's why you stopped it oh this didn't work that's why you stopped it it's just we just see the new rebrands i refuse to give up yeah option a doesn't work we got b c d e I f i refuse to give up there you can put 99 percent of people in the same position that i was when i was on ground zero punching the ground i write about this in my book of my parents house screaming my life is over and that could have been the end of my story. Yeah. You could have never seen me yeah, again. Yeah. And I could have yeah. stayed in New Jersey for the rest of my life, never came back on the internet. I refuse to give up. Yeah. I know this is not the end of my story. Yeah. Like people think just because I had that meaty, meaty, what, meteoric rise to fame, getting 10 million subscribers, being in movies, winning streamies, that's the end of my story. My story hasn't even begun yet. Uh, you still figuring out your, yourself, really. I'm 31. Like my story hasn't even begun. When my book comes out and I start my motivational speaking and I do all that stuff, like... I'm not going anywhere. Do you find that you've put like less pressure on yourself to become something like, and you're just more like in the moment, in the flow. Like, like you said, you're, you're taking this boxing thing right now. You're going with it. You got the club going out. Do you feel like you've like maybe lost some pressure you used to always have on yourself of like, I'm, I may be a certain age or I have this many followers. I have 10 million followers. People should think of a certain way about me. Like, yeah. do you feel like you've lost a certain like, yeah, because I used to be in a position where if I posted and so many people on social media go through this where you post a picture because of algorithmic reasons, it doesn't do well that day. You feel shitty about yourself. You post a YouTube video, it gets low views one day. Fuck, my life is over. I'm past that. Yeah. Because I'm like, it doesn't matter. You post it, you, you, you move on, you keep going. I used to be in a position where when I posted a YouTube video, I would spend the entire day monitoring every single comment. If somebody said anything hateful, I was so triggered by it, I would hide the user from channel. Now... I personally put a heart on every single comment that's left on my videos just to show that, like, I don't care. I'm moving. I'm yeah. going. And I'm just running with right. it. So that pressure is gone because I know when the doors like, for example, let's say I have nothing to do this week. Right. Boxing wise or Dana tube wise right, or anything. Right. Instead of panicking or being like, fuck, the momentum's going to be gone. The flow is going to be gone. Everything. I'm like. Trust the process. Right. The doors will open when they're supposed to open. I didn't expect to run into Stromedy. I didn't expect to turn into Dana Tube. So when you least expect it, the doors open. Right. Yesterday, I'm chilling at home. The day before was the worst day of my year because I was... It's funny because like once the high of... I still get... You know that high you get when a video does well and you make good money on it? Unexplainable. Once that fades, that's how you really feel. And when that faded, I was in a position alone by myself in my apartment with my dog. And I felt very lonely because I was like, all I want in, the, in this moment is homies to hang out with, people to come over, my phone to ring. And it wasn't happening. And I was really hard on myself. And the next day, in my lowest of lows, Keemstar calls me and goes, yo, you want to be on our podcast? You can't anticipate stuff like that. You have to just trust the process and know that no matter what happens, good or bad, it's part of your story and it will all make sense. Right. How it all makes sense. How was hanging out with Keemstar? Because I know he was one of the guys that 
was probably holding you account, accountable uh-huh. during the did whole some damage on you for yeah. sure. Yeah. A lot of damage, yeah, especially say, as a viewer, you yeah. know, like he kind of went after you. We're, we're good friends now. It's funny. How does that happen? I write about him in my book and I write about, I go Keemstar, the owner of the drama alert channel on YouTube. I was standing on top of a car pointing at him screaming. You made me want to kill myself. And I asked him yesterday on the podcast. I was like, can I put your name in it? He loves it. He was like, go for it. Good. I'll promote your book. Put my name in it. Do you like, do you find yourself forgiving him to maybe like release some weight off your back or like you have to you have to any hate i used to hold so much the the thing that got me past everything that happened in my downfall was finally taking accountability for everything regardless of who may have caused what right even the bomb threat that was caused on my event no longer having hate towards who's the motherfucker that called in that and ruined my life being like it's my fault I hosted that event. I did that. You did something so wrong. So I had to release all hanger, anger, right. all frustration, love everybody to be able to be at peace with myself. Who who helped you realize that? Was it yourself just realizing it or like did you go like to therapy or, or like family? Yeah. So I, my story, man, when – Especially with forgiving Keemstar because I feel like people listening, like that's, that, a big that's a big example that people can maybe use. In that one life. I had to do on my own. Like, I went to therapy for years after what happened. Um, it wouldn't help me as much as you would think. I was on medications for years. I still am. They didn't help me as much as you would think. It all comes down to, like, what I love to tell people is the only person who's going to save you, the only person who's going to pick you up out of that gutter, the you? only person who's going to, like, yeah, is you. No I one like else. That. I like that. No one else. Like, Because I've been there, man. I've been in the gutter, on the fucking ground, crying, just mad, angry, frustrated. Yeah. But then when you finally realize no one's coming through that door to pick you yeah. up. Life goes on with or without you. You will be forgotten like this. So unless you are able to find that internal strength to get up and keep pushing, ain't nobody coming to save the day. Yeah, your parents might help you. Your girlfriend might help you or everything. But nobody can save you. Because that comes from within. And I had to find that myself. That's awesome. So you and yeah. Keemstar. We're good. We're I good. talk to him all the time. That's great. That's great. <laughs> that's, so, that's really good to hear, man. Honestly. Like, no, but he, man, if, I, if so I talked about what he did to my life, like there was a period in my life where what I didn't understand is when you're at the top, there are going to be people to try to tear you down. Oh, always. Actually. And in my book, I say it wasn't until I saw Logan Paul and Jake Paul take my place at the top and saw how they handled hate that I saw how I should have handled the hate that I went through in my life. Right. Meaning everybody goes through it, mm-hmm. but it's how you handle it. Right. Keemstar would post a video about me faking pranks or whatever. Or I'm a douchebag or this, whatever. And I would go on YouTube and reply to it in a full length video. Right. Giving people more ammunition and more fire and fight back, fight fire with fire. But that also like helped with your growth or not growth as in like content, content growth, content storyline growth. No, it, it it damaged it damaged it more. The more I would respond, the more I would play, the more I would give them ammunition to fire back at me. Right. Even on accident. Like one time in a response to Keemstar, I called myself the Tupac of YouTube. That shit got me hated on for a year. Oh, this piece of shit thinks he's the Tupac yeah. of YouTube, all this shit. And it was on accident in a reply. The best thing would have been to do. Just keep your mouth shut. And Fuck keep it. grinding. Just Let's like Logan and Jake. Look at this shit that comes out on Jake on a daily basis. Literally right before his fight with Ben Askren, a girl comes out with an allegation. Yeah. If I was in that position back then, my life would be over. I would be going crazy. I would be like, oh, what, what do I do? Oh, my fun. God. I can't do this fight. My career is over. Jake acts like it doesn't happen. Let's his lawyer take care of it. 
goes to his fight, knocks out Ben Askren, keeps it moving. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Um, so back to like the YouTube thing. So when you lost to Slim, was that like uh, the lowest part, or would you say like it was all go- you thought in your head? It's all going down there. I feel like it was all spiritual journey for you, right? Also, all these things you're oh, okay. trying are part of a spiritual journey. So I assume the fight is also that to you. Was that to you? So the fight was the reason it meant so much to me is because if the fight didn't happen and the two months I had a training month and a half, two months, I wouldn't have been able to work on myself as I did boxing, running every day, running six miles a day, training, waking up on a schedule every morning was rebuilding myself from the inside out. So it was helping me. So regardless of the outcome of the fight, I like I, I never sat there and I was like, fuck, I lost like it's over for me. I was like, this loss is going to take me to where I need to go in life. It built me up to the person I now am today. It helped me build myself. So I'm going to take that and run with it. Right. So I look at it as a silver lining now. Is there any advice you can give Tanner for his box match coming up? I, I could. And I want to give this advice to every single person. I only had two months. I don't know how many time, how much you have. I had a month and a half, two months to train. Right. I don't know how much time you Roughly have. Roughly two and a half months, I'd say. One, I think you're going to fuck up your opponent. But two, I'm telling this to Bryce, Austin, Taylor, like everybody. You can prepare as much as you want for this fight. You cannot prepare for the night of the fight when you're walking out. You're going to have 30,000 screaming people. There's going to be millions of people watching live. And you're going to have that adrenaline dump. If you don't know how to harness your energy in that moment... You already lost. I was crying backstage out of anger, thinking you had to be angry to go into a fight. I was literally tearing. My dad was scared to look at me because I was like shaking, convulsing. I walk into the ring. I'm still screaming, cussing out people outside of the ring, angry. By the time I'm walking up to do the ring walk to touch gloves, I look at my coach and I whisper to him and I go, I can't feel my legs. He knew I lost right there. I My adrenaline, all that energy was gone. I blacked out once the fight started. My hands never came up once. Everything I learned went out the window and I got my ass kicked. So the moment you have to prepare yourself for, you know how people laugh at Jake for doing the breathing techniques and the yoga? That's why he is who he is and why he keeps winning because of that. He knows how to harness himself in the most pivotal moment of the fight, which is the fight. The practice, everything can go out the window immediately, right when the fight starts, if you're not ready for that moment. And that's the most important part. What are you? What about the Logan Paul and Floyd Mayweather fight? Hold, Do you think Logan's gonna win? Hold on, I want to. Okay, he just gave me some advice. Yeah, I, I gotta let that sink in really quick. Yeah. So, actually, going back to your slim fight too. Yeah. Uh, they did not call that fight when they should have called that fight. Bro, Do you I, think I, that? Did you see it? Bro, yes. I, I just did. A, I just did a video on my new channel. I can I see why it, they didn't because they want they want to give you. They like, wanted a chance for me to... Yeah, they yeah. wanted to give you some hope. But, but I'll explain that. I'll explain that. So I, I posted a video recently and I called it Exposing the Worst YouTuber Boxer of All Time. Yeah, you. And I premiered it and everyone was commenting... I was there. How the fuck could you expose somebody? You're the worst. And in the video I said, it's me. me. And I explained it. One, if I ever see that referee or if I ever make a comeback to you, uh, YouTube boxing, it's against that referee because I was the worst referee in boxing history. Bro, for real. Because Slim could have been disqualified for some of the hits that he got on me during the fight. One... Two, the fight should have been called on round two. The fight was over. I was lost. My nose was already broken. I showed no sign of defense. It should have been called. Should the fight have been called sooner? A hundred percent yes. But me as the fighter, 
And I'm sure like you have the same heart and a lot of the fighters on the uh, the social gloves event are going to have the same heart. I'm not going to go down. Yeah, yeah I didn't yeah, go yeah. down once. I didn't ask my corner to throw in the towel. I didn't quit. I didn't stop. I had a broken nose. I took the most hits probably any like boxer has ever taken in the face. Yeah, and I just I just kept going because I refused to quit. The rest, who should have stopped it? What happened? My coaches believed that I would snap out of it and remember what I learned and do it, and I just never did it. So finally, by round four, they were like, "This shit's over." But that ref, literally, I think Especially they hired a guy. End, I think they hired a guy from the streets to be the ref. Like this guy did not know how to ref <laughs> boxing. I promise. Like, yeah, it was just but like I just thought like because like they're like he's gonna he's gonna snap out of it. He's gonna yeah the, the, the comeback. And what's funny is. I'm going to make a comeback one day. I promise because I'm going to do correct training camp. I'm going to come back. I'm going to surprise a lot of people. But the two punches I did land in the entire fight, I rocked this guy from like the middle of the ring to the end of the ring. So if I just knew how to fucking defend myself, Mm -hmm. focus, move, do one thing different than I was doing, I had a chance. Were you just just, like not present in the... At all. I was blacked out. That's crazy. Blacked out. I walk into the locker room. That's crazy. Don't know know what my nose looks like yet. My mom calls me. She asks me, Yusuf, why didn't you defend yourself? My response was, I don't know. I didn't know I wasn't defending myself. Didn't know. It took me a year to finally be able to watch that footage. No way. Yeah, I was scared. I didn't want to know what happened. Oh, because you just dead ass didn't know. Didn't know. There was one punch I remembered. Um, that was so like riveting to oh me. There was God. one punch in the fight that was so hard that everything in my body told me to just fall. I refused, but I remember that moment because I remember how that hit felt like. Yeah, bro. And I was just like, no. But I f- that whole fight f- don't remember it. I was gonna either ask about uh, yeah, the Floyd versus Logan fight. Yeah, we were talking about that a little briefly outside. Your thoughts on it? You want me to give my prediction here? Yeah. Bro. yeah. Damn, man. Come on, we gotta get that exclusive. All right, I'm I'm gonna keep it. I'm gonna keep it civil. Keep it civil. Because I want to give my Dana Tube like mm-hmm. prediction on it. Yeah, Dana Tube first. Let's give Dana Tube's prediction first. You're going against Floyd Money Mayweather. Yes. Arguably the greatest of all time. He has beaten Canelo, has beaten Miguel Cotto, <laughs> has beaten Shane Mosley, has beaten Manny Pacquiao. And they have given their whole lives to boxing. And then you have Logan Paul saying, I've trained three years. He doesn't understand how good you can get in three years. Well, do you understand how Floyd, May- how good Floyd Mayweather can be training since he was five <laughs> years old? You're going against the greatest of all time. And this is no disrespect to Logan because I think he's already a winner for getting the fight and do, like changing history like he is in the YouTube sports world. There is – I don't want Logan to be mad at me. There's no chance. There's no chance. How could he be mad at you, though? I mean, like, I feel like if the Paul, like Paul brothers do the impossible every time, and it's Logan not like less. You're right, but I, but the same thing is like you really think <laughs> Floyd's gonna knock Logan out? Here's here here's how I see it. Okay? I think it goes however Floyd wants it to. Exactly. Go. Listen, when Floyd fought Connor, he could have ended that fight in round two if he wanted, but he knew people paid. He wants to put on a show, so he just played around with him. Let Connor do what he did, whatever, whatever. And I think going into this fight, Floyd had the same intention. It's an exhibition. I'm going to play with the kid. I'm going to do whatever. I'm going to throw a couple of punches. I'm going to land, and I'm going to do enough to win. After what Jake just caused and what Logan said on stage about him beating his wife, I know that's kind of we might far. have a different Mayweather now. Now Mayweather might come in and be like, I'm going to knock this kid out just to show y'all like this ain't a game. But do you not think like that's when mistakes happen, when you're trying to go for that power punch, the haymaker? Not when you're fly- fighting against Floyd Mayweather. 
Just, okay, in the same way, I love Jake Paul the boxer. Love him. I probably kiss his ass the most out of anybody. You can tell me, I even think Jake will beat Conor McGregor in boxing. Yeah, I said it. Like, I genuinely do. So it's not like I don't think the Paul brothers are capable of the impossible. But when you're talking Floyd money fucking like, Mayweather. Versus yeah. Logan Paul. I guess Come I on. didn't grow up watching Floyd. And look, when he went against KSI, I was on DAZN getting interviewed in the beginning. And I said, Logan's going to knock out KSI. So, like, I believed in him then, too. It didn't happen. He lost to KSI. So, what? Like, I just don't get what gives people the rationale to think. This is what people think. Oh, he's bigger. He His reach is longer. He's younger. He's going to get that one lucky punch. That's going to sell the fight. People yeah. hoping for that one lucky punch. But either way. But that sold every single Mayweather fights of his career. Let's pay for the chance that Mayweather loses. True. Mm-hmm. Mayweather. Right. True. Look, if. I, I never grew up the, watching Floyd, so I really, like, don't know how good he is. If Like, the last fight I saw with him was McGregor. I just love the <laughs> score, bro. 50-0, 0-1. The best score, bro. <laughs> Bro, like, I love Logan. I wish him the best. I hope he does, like, rattle him and get a hit. But, I mean, the non-boxing casuals know, and I'm sure they do know, like, this is just, it's just, it's, there's no, no, there's no chance. It's flo- okay. There's no so, chance. Uh, with you doing the, you adopting, we're going to switch the subject, still in boxing, but uh-huh. with you adopting Ryan Garcia's punch in the stomach, but you definitely made it your own. Okay. Um, is that where that came from? Is that where it came from? No. Really? Um, it wasn't even the supposed body to be. Shot it wasn't even supposed to be a thing. But first, a quick word from today's sponsor, ShipStation. So say this: you started your own online store and you're doing what you love, selling products people want, and orders are coming in hot. Now the hard part: shipping those products out. Luckily, ShipStation makes it so easy. With ShipStation, it's simple to import, manage, and ship your orders out fast for a lot less money. It's no wonder ShipStation is the number one shipping software for e-commerce sellers with more five-star reviews than anyone else. Back when I started T Fox Brand out of my room in 2016, one of the biggest challenges I faced was the shipping part of it. Luckily, I use ShipStation, making my job a whole lot quicker and cheaper. Fast forward to now, my company uses ShipStation for all of its orders, no matter where you're selling, Amazon, Etsy, or your own website, ShipStation funnels all of your orders into one simple interface that you can manage from anywhere, even your cell phone. You will even get access to amazing discounts with major carriers, including UPS, FedEx, USPS, making it easy to compare carriers and choose the best solution every single time. Ship more in less time. Just use my offer code NOFOX to get a 60-day free trial. That's two months free of no-hassle, stress-free shipping. Just go to ShipStation.com, click on the microphone at the top of the page, and type in NOFOX. That's ShipStation.com. Enter offer code NOFOX. Make ship happen. Thank you, ShipStation. Yeah, thank you. Now say ShipStation five times fast. ShipStation, 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 ShipStation. Dang, you're I was even cleaner. <laughs> that was so clean. <laughs> And it's funny because Bradley commented on my Instagram one time and he was like, I wonder where you got this idea from or something like that. And like, I was like, bro, people punch each other all the time. No, my response to that was, if you only knew how many YouTubers I can comment that on since 2011, yeah. basically saying like, bro, I've originated so much shit and bro. been copied so much. Do not send oh, copying. God, something. bro. Please don't. You paved the roads. But here's what happened. I'm in the gym with them. And for my stories as a joke, I go, yo, punch me in the stomach. And they punched me. I posted it in a story. Bread Batch took it. It started becoming a thing. 
And then I let Austin punch me. And then it started becoming a thing. And then Taylor was like, I want to re-punch you because my punch wasn't good. And it started coming a thing. So it just came naturally. Uh, I do want to do Ryan Garcia's body shot challenge, though. And I think I would survive it. Oh, I, you'd for sure survive it. I mean, I Tanner did, survive. right? You did or, it. I did it. Did you survive? Yeah, it fucking hurt. Oh, you survived? But he yeah. had the whole mat on. like the whole. I, oh, I'm talking about with the mat on. Yeah, yeah, the mat. Yeah. yeah. Just don't let him put you up against a wall, bro. He's sneaky with it. I swear. He knows what he's doing. Oh, and no, I'll survive he, it. I'll survive it. And when it. he lets you do it to him, he, he holds the pad up. Like he, he has little tactics that you don't pick up on. No, I, I, I do want, I do want to get punched by Ryan. I do want to go through that challenge. I think I'll, I, I love body shots. I love core shots. Like I know for the videos, I give like who he has a who has the hardest punch. I give like a oh, animated like, thing. Oh my god, you're so strong, Taylor. Like you know what I mean. But realistically, like, come on, man. Like, I posted footage on my YouTube channel like, when I was training of me just getting buried in body shots during my training, and my core is good. Who has the strongest punch, though, so far out of all the... No, uh, let's talk about Austin versus Bryce first because I want to get your opinion who you think's going to win. We talked about it briefly yesterday also. Mm-hmm. Like, who who punches harder? Who you think's going to win? Yeah, yeah. Real, bro. Okay, I'm not going to give that definitive answer because I already got in trouble because Keemstar reported and he was like, I talked to Fousey and he said that Austin punches way harder than Bryce. And then Bryce got mad at me. And I can't get anybody mad at me because I got to be neutral. I got to get all, I got to be Switzerland. Yeah, I got to yeah, be yeah. able to get news from everybody, <laughs> true, you know? True, true. So are you telling me I'm going to beat my opponent's ass because you're here? No, I'll tell your opponent that too, okay. that, you, that you're going to beat his ass. I, I, yeah. Who's your opponent again? Ryland Storms. Which one is that? Exactly, bro. <laughs> He's a skater. Exactly. He's a skater, dude. Sk- skater skater TikTok. from San Diego. Yeah. I know him. He's a scooter rider. He's just like, he's just, I don't skater. expect you to know him. It's not be, I'm not disrespecting bro, him. Bro, you should come I, out on a fucking scooter. Scare him right there. Be like, scooters all day. I should get ride out on a fucking a couple times. scooter, bro. That'd be lit. <laughs> um, but, I okay. Actually... I, I'll tell you this. I've watched both of them train. And when I watched Austin train, it was because I've seen no footage of him. And it was the first time I was seeing him actually hit the mids. Keemstar called and I looked at the... Keemstar on FaceTime, and I was like, yo, this guy has the potential to go down as one of the greatest YouTuber boxers to ever do it. Austin. Yeah. And when I said, did I say something different? No, no, I'm not. Oh, Austin. When I said that, I wasn't including Jake Logan KSI. Just want to say that. Because a lot of people were like, you idiot. You think he's better? That's not what I was saying. I meant the YouTubers who are boxing now. But then you take that information and you think Austin's going to beat Bryce, and you go back to Bryce's side, and then you hear like, Bryce has been jumped before been punched in the face bare knuckles multiple times and not gotten knocked out not only that he's young and his stamina is great and he's getting better i've watched sparring footage of him he's getting better so then you go you lean onto his side and you're like fuck what's gonna happen the fight's gonna go down to a who handles the pressure the night of the fight austin does have an advantage there because he was a d1 athlete has played has right in bright lights before but that might be different when it comes to boxing and two, it's really going to go down to not even who can take a punch, who has the most stamina. I feel like that's what it that's always be comes a lot down of it to. For everybody's yeah, fight. the first person, Bryce versus Austin, who gets tired, it's over. They lose. It's done. And Bryce recently posted something on his story and said, "I heard you got tired after one round of sparring. You're in trouble." And if that's true, don't know where he heard that from. 
I know Austin thinks you heard it from me because now Austin's mad at me and cut me off from the exclusives. Fuck, man. See? Uh, you, but um, it's supposed to be Switzerland. <laughs> it didn't come well, from bro, me. There's no one promoting the damn fight, anyways. Like, right? Should be the one. Fucking. Yeah. Fucking social clubs is to hire me already. They anyways, do. I'm surprised they haven't. That we were supposed to have a call yesterday and then nobody called. No me. one's telling anybody anything about content. You're the only one making fucking content. For exactly. Bad, so, um, yeah, it, 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 that one I can't decide. That one is a 50-50 gamble for me. But if you were to ask me about like a Taylor and Gibb. Yeah, what about yeah. that? What about that? Taylor's going to take that shit? I guarantee you, I'll put as much money as anybody wants on the line right now. I don't even have it. I'll go get a PPP loan. I'll go, I'll go get a bank loan or whatever. <laughs> just to put money on this, Taylor is annihilating a Nissan Gibb. I'm supposed to be neutral. This is the one fight I'm not going to be neutral on. Taylor... Is a fighter. Oh yeah, Taylor's nasty, goated. bro. He's Shark nasty. Shooter. He's disgusting. And ev- all these UK fans and uh, Nissan Gibb fans think, oh, this this white boy TikToker, what's he gonna do? Like you know, TikTok in the ring. This dude is nasty. He's vicious. He's mean, bro. Like the knockout footage I posted of him on Ryan Johnston, that was months ago before he's he even became the animal he is now. Yeah. He is no fucking joke. Taylor's going to surprise everybody that night, and he's going to go down as the best fighter of the night. No cap, hands down. He's already nasty. He's been boxing for years. Taylor, right? Yeah. Yeah. He's nasty. It's going to be crazy. And And the kid is so humble. I love that kid. In the same vein as you, you're so humble, and that's what I've always loved about you. He's so humble. Yeah, he kind of stays in his lane. He's just, no, he's just so kind. He's just so sweet. Like, he's, like, actually. Yeah. Like, actually. Completely sober as well. Yeah. Great kid. Yeah, yeah, great kid. Yeah, I love Taylor Holder. I really like that guy. Absolute legend. hot, too. (laughs) Like, body temperature or his physical appearance? His physical appearance. I'm not scared to call another guy hot. I just just, wanted to see see how you're going to react to that. I was just checking. Like, there are guys who I think are hot. Oh, of course. So of come course. On. Cristiano Ronaldo. Hey, hey, come on. If I could look like Cristiano Ronaldo, bro, Any day. Hey, what do you think I wouldn't about? need Hinge anymore. <laughs> Who's better looking? Jeez. Who's better looking? Don't lie. Don't you dare lie. I mean... Who's better looking? Y'all cute. <laughs> Who's better looking? Y'all cute. Okay. Well, who's better looking? Y'all both... No, it's like, okay. Tanner, Tanner takes a dub. Y'all, y'all both have... Now, tell him it's him if you need to tell him it's y- him. Y'all both have your attributes. Like, y'all are cute. I, I can the see... Broken you're nose. not my demographic. <laughs> you're not my demographic. You ain't... You ain't... Like, I ain't gonna look at you and be like, you know, you just, you just hey, ain't it. I was it. just wondering, bro. I was just wondering. Who do you think was better? Yeah, you just ain't it. Just like, so I can... Mm. So later we can argue over this. Nah, because look, sometimes when I was about to say you, I look at him and he has this little twinkle in his eyes and a very nice smile and I'm like, I'm almost gonna say him. So it's like, it's hard to say. Fair. Yeah. That is fair enough. Y'all both cute. You're good looking guys. I'm happy for you guys. You too. Yeah, thank you. I was doing good on Hinge, man. I was doing fucking good, man. Wait, why not Bumble? Rest in peace. Nah, Bumble. Unban Fousey on Hinge. I'm not even going to try. You got to get it trending. 100%. Pandemic's finally coming to an end. How was your, what were your thoughts on, on the COVID shit, man? When regulations do open up and things go back to normal, I've already decided I'm not going to go back to life as it was. Meaning you're not going to see me in a club on a Saturday night. Yeah, you're no. not going to see me like out and about. Like I love like quarantine lifestyle. I'm a homebody. Right. I enjoy that. I like being home. Really? Like, yeah. When girls date me, they have trouble getting me out the house. And it's like, even on Hinge. Oh my God. Oh my God. You know, my <laughs> profile was so good. Why? I'm giving away all my secrets. Give it away. So, bro, we need them. Hinge, you're allowed to have prompts. 
like things you answer questions to or captions to your pictures. My number one prompt, if you're on Hinge right now and you're a guy, don't steal this because I don't want them to think every guy is doing this because I was original and honest when I said this. It said, just to let you know, if I ask you to come over on the first night, it's because we're in a pandemic and I'd rather be safe and be inside than outside. My place is a cozy vibe and I'd love to have good conversations and get to know you in the confines of my own home. Girls fucking love that. Like they put hearts on it. Oh my God, you understand. Thank you. And that immediately lets them know he's not just trying to like invite me over to smash. I low key think that's important too. I do the same thing. It's like the yeah. approach is always just like super neutral. Not You're not trying to get nothing out of it. And, no, and you shouldn't either. Like, and I was honest. Exactly, exactly. That's what they loved about it. When they did trust me and come over and I didn't try to like entice them to smash or do anything. And they saw like, like they can finally just relax. Because yeah. girls, especially in LA, get so manipulated by so many guys to come over and the guy just tries to coerce them into something sexual when they see that i'm a guy who just likes to chill on my cloud couch watch netflix eat food like when i look at her and be like hey what you want to eat order from my postmates and she's like okay like still nervous but when the night's over and she's like he didn't try anything is when you when you gain the trust and that that, that, like that's why i love the pandemic like it's just that's my approach. It's honest, honesty. And girls can see that energy if you're yeah. not being honest. You but know? I'm also very honest. On the first date, I tell them I'm not looking for a relationship in 2021. I say that right away. Set the expectations. You right? have to. Don't waste any time. Because in my 20s, I, I did play a lot of games. I did try to manipulate a lot of people. Like, you know, the, as any guy has done, I did like play that game. Now, honesty is the best policy. I'm 31. I'll look at her straight in the eyes and say, hey, I would love to get to know you, maybe have fun, you know, see where this goes, but I'm not looking to get into a relationship this year. Mind you, that may change because you never know when you're going to get in a relationship, but that's where my standpoint is right now. Exactly. (laughs) I need to do a podcast on relationships. That's actually the most fun I have talking about. Me too. I I always say that too. Whenever he gets me talking about girls. Yeah, I might do that. My favorite thing. And maybe you can help Tanner out with this one, okay? Tanner's been uh, hanging out with this girl. There's nothing to be helped with. Really? Go ahead. Let me help you. Yeah. I'm good at this shit. You'll understand when he says it. Okay, go. All right, yeah. Okay, maybe. How do your cameras stop recording? She she stops them and starts them every 26 minutes. Oh, you're good. Okay. When do you define a girl to be your girlfriend? Huh? When do you, like, define a girl to be your girlfriend? Like at what point in the relationship? Mm. It's she when just become your girlfriend, or are you like, hey, are you, you? Will you be my girlfriend? If it's already exclusive, you only are talking to that person. I need more. I need. I need to hear more. You're, you're no, not so giving I, me enough because look, there have been relationships. I was so lonely in 2020 during the pandemic. I took a girl, the first girl I met on Hinge, took her on a date to catch. That day, I told her, "You're gonna be my girlfriend." A month later, she was my girlfriend. So I've made mistakes like that before. But I've also gotten advice from people of do never go public and never make it official until six months into the relationship because then you see how you guys really vibe when you go through enough turmoil and struggles and personality differences to see if you connect. There's never a time limit as when somebody should be your girlfriend or boyfriend. But I want to hear more of this situation to really give you. Yeah, explain. Well, Tanner's just been hanging out with this girl for a couple months, like two or three months. Okay. Just hanging out every day. They're both exclusive. Um, you're exclusive like you told her yeah, yeah, you yeah. can't talk to no yes. other guy well, no. like if Fousey slides into your DMs you do not reply exactly, okay exactly. okay they're exclusive Good. They, they go on dates they hang out at each other's house but whenever Tanner won't make her, her his girlfriend or not won't uh, doesn't want her to be my girlfriend uh-huh. no not doesn't want just uh, hasn't hasn't uh-huh. and he's like 
you kind of just become boyfriend and girlfriend. I was like, well, no, you would ask. No, so like, exclusively dating. Like then, like once if like a year goes along the line, exclusively dating still. Um, th- there's never a time where it just automatically becomes okay. We're boyfriend and girlfriend unless they have that conversation and decide that. But what is a label nowadays anyway? You're right. If they're exclusively dating, they're they're seeing each other. Why let a label? What's the label gonna change? It's just kind of added stress. Yeah, just let him do what he does. Um, because he's gone public with girlfriends before, and then yes. there's just there's a different pressure that gets added on to that. But I'm sure right now you feel free. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're just we're. I'm, we're exclusive, no expectations. No expectations. Like I, behind closed doors, when they're pillow talking, I'm sure he might look at her one day and be like, "Baby, like you know, like you know, you, you know you're my girl. Like no I one else. I ride for you. I die for you. It doesn't mean he has to be like be my girlfriend. Like it, they don't but the break, that. but unless, the breakup's the same. Unless she asks though, if she comes to him and goes, Tanner, I've been dating you for an entire fucking year. We've been exclusive. I've done this, this, and that what for you. What are we? I need a label. Then he can be like, or he might do that to her. Then one of them can be like, all right, would you like to be my thing? And then give the happiness of that label. Okay. So what's your relationship status right now, Fuzzy? I'm single, bro. Single I'm bro. Not get looking. my hinge you back said, and let me, let me, let me do what I do. You focus on the businesses. Um, I'm focused on myself this year. What I've been telling everybody is 2020 held us back so much for the pandemic wise that 2021 is now the year to become the best version of yourself. Break all the shackles that 2020 set on you. Get to your highest position. Then in 2022, find somebody unless you already have somebody like in your case, you do. But in terms of going to find somebody now, I ain't got time for that. Like, even if I was with my girlfriend I broke up with in 2020, I would not have accomplished a percentage of what I have accomplished this year because I would have been tied down to the stupid fights of why did you DM this person? Why did you do this with this girl in this video? What are we going to eat today? What are we going to watch it? All that bullshit. Granted, if you're with the right person, that's not going to happen. And there is a devil's advocate to that. But this year, nah, I'm single. Once my hinge opens back up, we can have fun. So do you think like having a girlfriend definitely holds you back? Not if you're with the right person. Oh, okay. And you just haven't met the It'll right be person. A 50-50. You know, you if you're with a person who helps you, helps you grow, inspires you, is doing their own shit while you're doing your own shit, you ain't got to stress about what they're doing behind the scenes, you got the right match. But you could be with the wrong person and not even know it. And that's when it's a messed up thing. It's funny. You don't realize until you break up with the person, whether the person was giving you wings or whether the person was an anchor. Because sometimes once you cut off the relationship, you realize, whoa, I feel free now. The anchor is off of me. Whereas otherwise, sometimes after a relationship, you fall because you realize that person was giving you wings. And you're like, damn, that person was helping me so much. And now I don't have that no more. That was the most beautiful thing you've ever said. bro. Thank you. Clip that shit. (laughs) Clip that shit. Throw it on TikTok. Thank bro, you. that was that You're was sweet. nice. You're sweet. Tanner. I'm giving you that, bro. I'm, I'm gonna send you that that clip. Bro. I'm gonna put that as a hinge. That was prompt. a good fucking. I'm gonna put that as a hinge. Prompt. That was so like that was good. You should be proud of that. You proud thank of you, that. thank you. This is hey, this is the most fun podcast I've been on. Like you guys are just so relaxed and chill and natural, and we're just talking about whatever. I enjoy that. I know I talk a lot to the viewers. Hi. No, we, no, it, we love it. I talk a lot, but th- they have a very comfortable, calm environment. I like this. Oh, hell yeah, bro. Yeah. We're excited to have like you here. It. Like, for real. This is, a, this is a dope episode for us, so we're, like, really stoked to even have you. Yeah, having and you guys ask good questions, and you have a good conversation going. So, uh, Kevin Hart, can we talk about him? Yeah. What was working with Kevin Hart? Like, I feel like that guy is a super mega star. When do you think I worked with Kevin Hart? Yeah, I'm On your IGTV. Yeah, when do you think I worked with him? See, this is what's so crazy, y'all. 
Okay. I didn't even see this. Th- this was so this crazy. This is on your IGTV. This is what's so crazy. I've been in the game 11 years, as I said, right? I've deleted everything off my Instagram multiple times and started posting fresh. I recently posted clips that I have with Kevin Hart doing the whisper challenge with him and stuff like this. And you have a, a, somebody like this, no disrespect. I'm just explaining uh-huh. something who thinks I just worked with him. And there were people who commented and said, oh, I hope you guys did videos together when I posted the teaser. That video was from 2016. For real? Yeah. I just oh. rehashed my old shit on Dosa Fusi and was like, yo, this shit is good. Like, did you see the one after that, That's the condom Facebook challenge? Content, yes, I when did. When do you think that was from? You think I did that recent? No, okay. Now that you're mentioning it, okay, it makes a lot of sense. Bro, I have so much shit from my past. Like, I've lived a hundred lifetimes. Like, that's just old shit that I just reposted. But I was like, for the people who are finding my page now, because I I had this identity crisis the other day. I was like, I was going through my Instagram, and I was scrolling through my pictures, and I was like, who are you? Who am I? The pictures didn't represent me. Yeah. They didn't represent the life that I've lived, the lifetimes that I've lived, what I've gone through. And it just it didn't show who I am. And it it made me really mad because you can go to somebody's page and they so they're they're like very like uh, specific about what they post, how they post and who they are. Mine didn't say a lot about me. So when I posted that, I wanted to just show people what I've done in the past to remind people like, yo, I've been in this game a long time. I've done things and just try to show people a different side of me. Oh, okay. But Kevin Hart's great. I wanted to go back before before we start wrapping this up. In the beginning, how you were talking about your plan, like you don't know how to turn this into a business. Yeah. This time around, do you think you've you have a better grip on that, or do you have a better direction, or at anything? I feel like the reup is a great direction. Already. The reup is a great direction. But he's I'm in a great about start, like but long term. No, because here's the problem. I recently, like my editor's right there. He recently, two days ago, saw Shout me. Shout out, Alex Lackey. Saw me go through. Um, like a huge just like panic attack in my house upset frustrated mad because i don't even have a manager yeah i need a full-time career 24 7 manager who lets me be the talent do what i do as dana to re-up and everything but knows how to do everything behind the scenes to do that and the fact that i don't even have that gets me mad but i'm trying to shift my perspective because one thing y'all all need to know about life the thoughts you say in your head are what you receive or don't receive so if in my head i constantly tell myself i don't have a manager i can't get a manager i'm never going to get a manager i'm never going to get a manager yeah. so i have to release that and say i'm going to have a manager he's coming it'll happen it'll happen it'll happen that's my first step or i'm looking for a yeah manager, so I'm, your- I'm still on step one looking for the fucking manager and then be able to turn it into a brand, which I think it could be re-up itself because I have merch coming out for yeah. it. That's finally like I'm not selling Fusi merch. Yep. I'm selling a brand. So, and something you feel good about. Then. And and re-up is something a person can go into the store, not know what re-up is about. Google it. See what the brand uh, definition is and be like, I fuck with that vision. Yeah, yeah. It's a brand. So that's the first start in doing things differently. Even when like when I was trying to do YouTube cribs or what I'm doing now with the boxing Making the content not solely about me, but about others um, and shifting the energy. Because mm-hmm. whenever I make content just about myself, like yep. I did for those who's for years, all the attacks, all the everything is just about you as a person. Da, 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 da. But if they see you in a different light, interviewing Bryce Hall about yeah. boxing, getting punched, and they see you in your natural element, they get a different side too. They're more watching something go on rather than you talk about yeah. yourself and yeah. the vlogging thing. I think there is a different dynamic yeah. there, especially. Yeah. But overall, so you're working on the brand, but you don't really have a general idea where, I guess, long-term, you're kind of just going with the flow. 
I'm going with the flow this year. I mean, I'm trying to build a YouTube channel back up. And then now today was the launch of the Reup Crew. That's huge. Um, the that's club. huge. Where's that, that by the way? Reupcrew.com. Um, where they're getting like they're gonna get exclusive footage of me and you that I wouldn't today. post on YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. Like they get behind the scenes stuff like that. The merch launches next week. But my biggest thing and what I think has the potential to really shift me into that next direction is the release of this book. Right. Um, and I'm not saying that to promo the book. Yeah, I, let's promo I, the fuck out of it, please. I, I don't like here's you don't want to yet. No, no. The book's already out for pre-order. Oh, fucking promote it, bro. That's great, but I think it's gonna happen organically. I think people in the real world are going to find this book. Like the book is called Warning. This is not a motivational story. I've seen this on your Instagram. There's going to be people walking in a bookstore looking at that warning. You open the first page. It says warning. Do not turn the page. You turn the next page. It goes, I'm telling you, stop reading right now. You open the next page and it says, this is your last chance. It's going to entice them. Mm -hmm. What I wrote in the book is stuff people go to the grave with. And I'm not just saying that to promote the book. I write about childhood trauma. I write about my full-blown addiction in detail, what I used to do. And when people read this, they're going to look at me differently. There are going to be a lot of people who relate to me, but there are going to be people who look at me differently. I write about the rise and fall of fame, what I went through through depression, when I had suicidal ideations, everything. Worst part about it, and this is just outside of it, people might think, oh, he's doing this book for profit. I signed the worst contract of my life because I was with a different manager at the time and only have 5% profits of this book. So I'm not even looking for this book to be a thing to put money in my pocket. Right. This is just a chance for me to be like, yo, that's what you think about me. My story's out there. If you'd like to read it, the book is there. Find out about me on your own. It's right there. Like I've told my story. Your opinion does not matter anymore. And then I think through that, I can have the chance, which has always been my goal. I did it on Roman versus Fusi. I've done my own tours in the past. Yeah, yeah. Go on stage, talk to people who relate to similar issues, and help people through my voice and the struggles I have, I've already gone through. Right. To be able to look at them and be like, listen, I know how you feel. I know how you feel. Yeah. I've been there. Like people DM me like crazy shit like Yusuf, I'm this, I'm that, I'm that. And I read it and I'm like, I know how you feel. I've been there. But I also know that you can get out of it. Mm -hmm. And this book, even though it's warning, this is not a motivational story. At the end of it, I think the last line that I write is my second book will be a motivational story because my story isn't being done like told yet. It's not finished. Yeah, it's not finished. Um, and I hope I finally have the chance to inspire people through what I've gone through. That's my end goal. So we'll see what happens on September 28th when the book releases. I'm ready for the I'm second really book already. <laughs> You're gonna, I promise you, and I'm not just saying this, even you as somebody who knows me. One, I guarantee you, I guarantee you, I'll put money on this. Do you read books? Uh, I, I can. I do. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. You're literate. I'm glad. I guarantee you you're not going to put this book down from the second you start reading it, the first page. And I guarantee you the shit that you're going to read about me and what I've gone through in this book is going to fucking shock you where your mouth is going to be dropped. And I guarantee you're going to have a newfound, like most people I say, they might look at me differently. You're going to have a newfound respect and love and understanding of me after this book. I really bet I will. I promise you that. I'm, I'm excited to read it. Do you, do you think there's like a, like, what do you think? Because it's not a motivational story, right? Uh -huh. It's not. That's a title. It's not. But what do you think the biggest thing people are going to take away from the book or in your eyes? Um, like, the, is there conclusions of how you've dealt with these things? No. There's a, there, but the, you do think there's stuff that people are going to be able to take, obviously, from it. Cause it's a what they're going to take from it is 
holy shit, this guy has gone through the fucking ringer multiple times he's still in his running. life, and he's still going. Yeah. Like the fact that he's even telling us what he's telling us in this book, like that's just that that gives them something right yeah. there. Like, yo, it's not over for me. That's one thing I try to leave them with in the final final chapters. I, I finally try to do a little inspiration. I explain to them that like, no matter what you're going through, no matter how low your life may be, it's like it's not over until you tell yourself it's over. Where can I pre-order it? Amazon. Amazon. You gotta just search. Warning: This is not a motivational story. By, do I search? It'll name come right up? up. It'll come right up. Damn, okay, cool. Yeah. Check that out. I would appreciate the pre-order because I'm gonna send copies to like all my creator friends, but I'm still trying to become a New York Times bestseller as well. Sure, Especially since I'm not making money from it, I do want it. I to bought become... Mike's book, bro. I'm buying yours. Yeah. Hell yeah. I read Mike's book. Yeah. It's fucking awesome, bro. His right. is about addiction too, but this addiction that I read about, oh my different God. level. I, I, I'm oh not my. even gonna ask because I want to. My mom, I'm, my mom already knows she's not allowed to read the book. Really? Oh, yeah. uh, my dad, I, my dad too. Um, the, the thing that sucks though. I already know my aunts and uncles are all going to read it. Tell them. They're going to call my mom straight up and be like, what the fuck? Like, how the fuck could you let Yusuf talk about this? Like, what the fuck? Like, this is stuff, especially as a Muslim American, like, and me exposing the double life as a Muslim American is shit you do not talk about, man. Do you feel like there's anything that you, like, want to say for yourself? Like, it's kind of too late for that. Right, but you really wear your heart on your sleeve. Yeah, you know what I mean. And after this book, there's like there's, there's nothing, nothing else. Le- there's nothing left. There's nothing left. What is that to you? Freedom. 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 Like well, my story has been told by so many people. Allah, but never from you. When I say Allah, I'm not saying Allah as the God. I'm saying A L A. Like you're you're relating it to something. For those of you that don't know, Allah, Keemstar making a documentary on me and telling my story. A uh, random YouTube commentator making a video of the downfall of Fusi Tube telling my story. So it's your first time. It's my time telling my story. That's amazing. Through my eyes. And not even what my what 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 like the proofreader who just read the book sent a letter back to my publishers and he was like, I want you to tell Yusuf this book was like so vulnerable. I felt like I was sitting right there with him and he was telling me his story. He's so courageous for talking about this stuff. The book isn't like, let me tell my story, but let me protect myself while I'm doing it and like lie and filter shit. Right. The book is the truth. And when once they read that, like when you get to chapter, oh my God, there's a chapter they're going to get to. All right. When you read, because each chapter starts with a line about what the chapter is about. I think one of the, should I just say it? No, 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 nah, no, 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 no. Nah, okay. You want to give them a taste. Nah, nah, nah. but there's going to be stuff that people read where they're going to just know like, oh, he's not holding back. Like, this is his truth. Yeah. He's not lying. Oh my God. What made you take the author route instead of, like, the documentary route? Yeah, um, a book over a documentary? I've always wanted to be an author because I don't think this is going to be my final book. I do think in the future when I'm, like, older, I'm going to have motivational books out. Um, and I just – there's there's something to be able to say about, like, I'm an author, especially when it's not just a piece of merch. Yeah. There's a lot of YouTubers who have released books where if you open it, it's like a coloring book. Yeah. It's like a piece yeah. of merch to put on your court. This ain't that. This is my fucking memoir. This is an addict survival story. This talks about rehab. This talks about like my downfall. This talks about my manic episode. This is real shit. So it's going to like give me actual validity in the actual real world outside of YouTube space. Like there are going to be actual people who don't know about YouTube, don't know about Tanner Fox, social yeah, gloves yeah. or whatever. Just pick up this book. As maybe an addict or somebody who goes through depression or bipolar who reads this book, who then I now relate to outside of the spectrum of YouTube, which I think is so fucking dope. Yeah, it's incredible. I don't think the book's going to do well because of people who know me or my fans or my creators. I think it's going to do well because of the new audience that's going to pick it up and find out about me. 
Right. And that's what I'm excited about. They're going to know the truth. Uh, how long did you work on that book? For? A year, and it wasn't enough time. Really? Um, I had a severe nervous breakdown the day it was, I was supposed to submit the book. I had four hours left, and I, was, I read over the book like 10 times over the last four mm-hmm. days. And no matter how many times you read a book about your life story, it's never right. It's never enough. It doesn't tell it right. Like, you want to add so much. You're like, no matter how many times you read it, you're like, no, they're not going to get it. Like, they're not going to understand the extent of it. Like, and I had so many people had to try to calm me down, like my sister and the publishers. It's good. And yeah, even my PR, who's going to help me with the book, who were telling me like, that's you who knows your life. But the people who read it, who don't know, they're not, they don't know about that extra shit that you're not writing about. Like they're going to read it from what you're giving them. They're going to love it. They're going to like it. So I'm just trusting that. And I'm really excited for that to come out. Me too. What else can we see in your future coming this year? We have um, a lot of Fousey Choop, a lot of Fousey channel. A lot of Fousey channel. A lot of, a lot of re-up crew. <laughs> a lot of uh, re-up merch. Um, I'm going to start my own podcast because I think the podcast I was doing called Gotta Get It. Yep. This is the first place I'm saying it. I think that shit's over. Um, yeah, because that was a you and some a group of people, right? Yeah, and there's just shit behind the scenes. We flopped, and I think that's over. It was Happened. doing so well, though. We tried. I think you got to have another podcast, bro. Yeah, I think it's going to be about relationships. I think I learned that here. I like just that, like a bro. relationship podcast. I fucking like and, and that. And giving just yeah. real life advice and talking yeah. about things, bro. And talk about, ooh, I could even bring the girl from Hinge once I'm unbanned onto the podcast to talk about how the date with me went and what I did wrong and right. <laughs> Yeah, bro. Yeah. And, and, no fox giving. Have people call in. With relationship advice, questions. Yeah. I like that. Um, so what's next for me? The Fousey channel. Yep. I'm hoping to Heavy. work on the Social Gloves event, either to be a behind-the-scenes interviewer in the locker rooms, like the Pete Davidson yep. was, of the Triller event, or just a commentator or a host, whatever they give me. Although, you know, I don't know if they're going to give me that opportunity. Um, the book. Um, the club huge. The club. There is gonna be a small short documentary, not a live documentary, but just a small short documentary accompanying the book. Oh, okay. Cool. Um, the book tour and whatever life throws at me, man. I don't like to plan too much because I find the gates open when you least expect it. As long as you remain faithful and patient, the doors will open. Your time will come. I try to tell people that all the time. Like, your time will come. In the same way Keemstar called me to invite me onto the podcast, it was 2016, I believe. I was living – I always live – when I live alone, I isolate myself because of my depression. So I was isolating in my 5200 Wilshire Boulevard apartment. I was depressed one morning, laying in bed, nothing to do. Random call, least expected. Hey, it's your agent. There's a guy calling saying his name is Tyler Perry. We don't think it's the real Tyler Perry. He wants to talk to you about being in a movie. I didn't believe it. They give me his number. I FaceTime him. It's Tyler Perry. Came at the most unexpected moment. So whenever you're at those lowest of moments, those moments wouldn't have come if I didn't believe that it wasn't over yet. No matter how low I was feeling, I still had faith and knowing that something was going to happen. And that's always come true. But if I had laid in that bed and said, that's it. My life is over. It's done. Like everything's done. Yeah, I'm going to wait here to rot. Then it it wouldn't have happened. But as long as you believe that your story isn't over and that there is going to be a better tomorrow, I promise you there's going to be a better tomorrow. I know that you are a believer. I don't know, but I'm assuming Mm -hmm. you're a believer in that your your thoughts create your reality. I can already tell you're a big believer in that. 
And Law I, of attraction, I baby. I am too. Yeah. It really is. A- Bro, what you think about is what you become 100%. Yeah. 100% of the time. What you think about, what you tell yourself, the story you tell yourself in your head is what you become. Even the things you don't want to happen in your life, but you think about them and imagine them and obsess over them. And then they happen and you're like, I fucking knew it. Yeah, well, of course it. you knew it. You thought it into existence. Yeah. It's so true, man. It's the most, the mind is the most powerful tool that you have. Love that, man. Dude, this has been a great episode. Thank you. Thank you for coming on. Thank Anything you else you want to add before we wrap it up? Where can we follow you at? Um, Find me on Hinge. Once I'm unbanned, holla. How old are your female viewers? Shit, they get everywhere, bro. 18 to 45. I'm not on none of those weirdo YouTube shits where I do, like, you know, that underage shit. He ain't um, looking for no cupcakes. I, I, don't, I don't do that. I'm against that. I don't do no grooming bullshit, so fuck that. But if you're over the age of 24. If um, you're a full-ass woman, hit my boy up on holla. Instagram. <laughs> I'm just kidding, y'all. Uh, at find Fousey. me at Fousey, at Fousey. <laughs> at Fousey on YouTube, at Fousey on Instagram. I don't use Twitter much. And reupcrew.com. Warning, this is not a motivational story on Amazon. That's about it. Go sign up for his club, though, for real. Exclusive content. It's been amazing. Fousey, we'd love to see you again. It's been Tanner. It's been Maverick. It's been Fousey. And we out. Peace. Peace.